In this episode of Hot Hardware's Two and a Half Geeks, we'll have G-Forces and Legions and Thin Qs and Corsairs and Pixels. Damn it. Next. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Hot Hardware's Two and a Half Geeks. Uh, I'm feeling a little surly today, so you'll have to f- forgive my slight cussing there in the in the tease. But um, yes, I'm I'm strapped with attitude right now. The the week's been fighting me, but it's it's hump day, and we're getting over that hump. Dagnabbit! I'm here as always with my compatriots, the illustrious Marco Cipetta and the infamous or famous, take your pick, Chris Getting. Gentlemen, how's it going? <laughs> going good, man. No complaints. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Chris, going good for you. What are you imbibing today? What, what, what do you well, got for, for suds, brother? I have Finder, but more importantly, it's finals week on campus, so I didn't hit any traffic coming home like I thought I was going to. Uh, uh, but nice. yeah, this is the Finder New England Double IPA, and it is delicious. Finder, is that, the, is that just the name of the beer, or is that the brewer as well? I think that's the name brewer. of the beer. This is... Uh, who is the brewer? Let's see. Oh, That's it's Shipyard. I didn't shipyard. realize it was oh. Shipyard. They do good oh. stuff. But yeah, a uh, nice big IPA. It's it's still pretty hoppy for a double IPA. They haven't quite mauled over it with uh, malts, but uh, very, very good. Subtle yet unassuming, perhaps? It's a little more than subtle. It's good. <laughs> it's not subtle and it's not unassuming. Excellent. Well, you know, Chris... We've talked about this before. We really should get a beer sponsor for the cast. That'd be cool. All right, I've I've got one lined up. We just need to to contact them and jump on it. I was I was in a band when I was in uh, high school um, and and in through college, and we called it f- free beer so that we'd get people to come see us. <laughs> <laughs> free Did beer. it work? Um, not really, <laughs> but that's all right. Hey, so um. Anyways, are you uh, are you getting over the hump there, Marco, or or what? What's what's up with you? I am. I actually, I ha- well, we're traveling next week. I am in the middle of testing a boatload of um, Samsung Enterprise SSDs. I could probably reach one. Hold on a second. Here, I got one here. Oh. So um, I have a, a WD SSD that I was testing, and then six more uh, Enterprise SSDs from uh, Samsung. You can see this is the the longer uh, gumstick form factor. This is the the, the 983DCT. I believe this one is a, a 1.94 terabyte. Very, very sexy. But um, I incorporated in some new tests and some new stuff into the Enterprise SSD testing. Uh, hopefully, it comes across well and doesn't clutter up the page too much, but I think I have some cool data going to try to pull at least one of them off for tomorrow if not for friday but yeah just uh got my nose to the grindstone this week i hear that brother i hear that we are uh running flat out as always but uh good things good good things to uh to to work on and talk about uh in the tech scene it is earnings season uh amd's doing some some pretty good things these days intel announced today nvidia announced next or announces next week so things are firing now if we can only get a few more hours in the day we'll be good right so or win the lottery so we can work at a much more leisurely pace (laughs) that would be cool you know there's a concept win the lottery and then like start up like i don't give a crap it'll be done when i'm ready.com or something like that 
There you go. <laughs> It'll be done when it's ready.com. That's perfect. <laughs> there you go. If, yeah. if you don't like it, tough.com. Tough. Yeah. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> uh, brutal. Brutal. All right. Well, let's let's stop pissing and moaning, shall we? And uh, <laughs> talk about uh, talk about the tech headlines and the reviews at Hot Hardware that we've got cooked up. Some pretty interesting stuff, I would say. Uh, Marco, you've spent some quality time with NVIDIA's GeForce GTX 1650 budget gaming on Turing. Almost sounds like an oxymoron to me. Uh, is it, Marco? No, it, it's on budget, and <laughs> it is a brand new Turing GPU. So you might look at the name, see uh, GeForce GTX 1650, and think this is uh, simply maybe a lower clocked 1660 or maybe with a couple of blocks disabled. But it actually is a new chip. It's based on the TU-117. It is a smaller GPU than the TU-116 on the 1660 and 1660 Ti. Um, It is comprised of 4.7 billion transistors instead of the 6.6 of the bigger chip. And what that means is fewer units on there, narrower narrower memory bus. So we're looking at 896 CUDA cores on here with a 128-bit memory interface, and the cards have uh, four gigs of RAM on them. So we got to look at an EVGA uh, GeForce GTX GTX 1650. Um, Like the 1600 series, there will be no Founders Edition. There are only partner custom boards for the 1650 coming. And we got to look at a really nice card from EVGA, the EVGA GeForce GTX 1650 XC. Uh, ultra black, so definitely a mouthful, but nice two fan, two slot card. Um, it has the same clocks as NVIDIA's reference specs. And if you look through the numbers, what you'll see with the 1650 is sort of what you probably expect trails the 1600, decimates the 1050 Ti most of the time. You know, it kind of lands in the same spot that the 1050 Ti did. Um, hangs with the 1060, sometimes loses, sometimes it's right there. Um, and their MSR, MSRP is starting at 149 so the most affordable Turing GPU yet. Huh. Hmm. And would you recommend it? That is a much harder question to answer. <laughs> so if you look through the numbers, if you come by Hot Hardware and you check the numbers, what you're going to see is that the card, it hangs with a, a Radeon RX 570 or... When it loses to the 570, sometimes it loses pretty badly to the RX 570. And you can find RX 570s um, with more memory, so 8 gig RX 570s, for less money. You can find them for about 139 right now. Plus, with the promo AMD's got running, you have two free games and two free good games, like the Division 2 and I think it was Devil May Cry 2. I don't remember exactly the other title. So... If you're looking strictly for performance, the 1650 is a tougher sell right now because in the current landscape, it's tough to beat the RX 570 for 140 bucks. It's a really strong GPU for 140 bucks. But what the 1650 has going for it is it's a really low powered card. So the particular one we looked at from EVGA had a, a supplemental power connector on it. So it has a you know, PCI Express power connector, but the card only has a 75 watt TDP. So some of them or many of them don't require supplemental power. So if you have a system you know, let's say you bought a white box system it's on integrated graphics, it was cheap, but now you want to step it up but you don't, you know, it has a crappy power supply and you don't have a PCI Express power connector that can support a higher end GPU. It's basically 
the best option in that case. So I, I fully admit that's a small slice of the market, but if you have a system and power is a big concern, it's a great 75 watt card. Most people mm-hmm. that have the power though, you can get a lot more performance for less. And if you spend a, a little bit more money, you can get a lot more performance. So, you know, a, a 1660 or something like a, a Radeon RX 580 for under 200 bucks offers a lot more performance. Gotcha. Gotcha. If you have the money, yeah. of course that costs more too, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know, there was, there was a lot of scuttlebutt about this card uh, from, from the folks at NVIDIA or about what NVIDIA's strategy was with it. Um, it was, it was a quiet launch, you know, uh, we didn't get cards until after um, the 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 announcement was made that it it existed. Um, drive, drivers came after that. It was <clears throat> sort of, you know, a little bit of a stealth launch. And you know, when that happens, typically you sort of wonder, okay, there's there's you know a variable here that I don't know. They're not trumpeting from the highest marketing mountaintop or whatever. Um, if those exist, um, but yeah, so, you know, that was, that was my question. And, uh, you know, is it, is it really, um, you know, f- for the price, uh, bang for the buck, uh, worth it sounds to me like mm, perhaps it's a, tw- a bit of a tweener, right? Yeah. You know, if, if it, it well, here, here's one more wrinkle, really easy to overclock, right? So I got over two gigahertz with literally moving a couple sliders in EVGA's precision utility. If NVIDIA launched it at 139 with slightly higher clocks, the story, and and it's absolutely got the headroom, right? So I think the boost clock out of the box was something like 1600 something. Let me, let me double check. Let me not get this wrong. Give me 10 seconds. The the mm. boost clock out of, out of the box is... Why is my chart? My chart's all screwy. What's going on here? Is uh, 1665 megahertz. So, you know, I got almost 500 megahertz, out of, you know, 400 megahertz out of the thing. So if they if they drop the price 10 bucks, 15 bucks and boosted it 100 megahertz, it's a different story. So maybe that's going to yeah. be the 1650 Ti if one comes. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But yeah, it just the, the price performance in light of AMD's recent price cuts and, uh, and bundle... 1650 is a, a, you know, not a clear cut proposition. Pretty good power story, right? Very good power story. The only thing that consumed less power was a 1050 Ti, but it was, it was like two watts less, but it gets crushed by the card. So the efficiency is, is way up there versus the previous gen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's part of, depending on the system, it's going in part of the uh, allure. Chris, is there a lure for you here or, or not? I, <laughs> I want to see this as a little one slot card, tiny four yeah. factor for micro for mini ITX cases. Um, I think that's where this could shine, especially with that low power threshold, not having to run additional power cables to it, make a great little gaming machine, HTPC type thing. Uh, I really like to see that. Yeah. You there know, you it's, it's, it's funny. Chris <laughs> mentioned that because that's another good point overclocked to over two gigahertz without tweaking the fan speeds, right? The thing was max temperature of only 59. So the cooler on this card, way overkill. Could absolutely make a right. single slot version of this. I card. mean, you, you so. could stick a system with something like this, you know, in a little nuck size box, tuck it behind your TV and be set. Yep. There you go. 
Yeah, you, you could probably see this coming to what is it? Uh, Zotac does. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the brand. I'm trying to think of the Gigabyte's brand. Gigabyte's got the. Well, does Gigabyte still do their Bricks box? They do the Bricks. I don't know if they have a, uh, I don't know if they have a gaming one. The Zotac's got the Z boxes. The Z box. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, the Z boxes. Um, yeah, yeah, it'd be pretty cool as a as a, uh, a home theater PC kind of thing. Well, uh, check it out. Uh, we've got the review up at Hot Hardware. You can get all the benchmarks and particulars that uh, Marco poured through in painstaking detail. Dagnabbit. Um, and uh, yeah, anything else on that before we move on, Marco? No, I think I think we think we covered it and we covered it well, fellas. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, good stuff from the folks at Nvidia. Good to have the GPUs firing. Uh, word is we're going to hear something from AMD one of these days soon on Navi. And uh, lots of rumors going on out there that it might be competitive with uh, an RTX 2070, uh, but it's just rumor right now. And, uh, you know, uh, also rumors that AMD is going to be coming in with some price advantages as usual, uh, lower cost leader kind of approach. But uh, again, rumors and uh, scuttlebutt, nothing confirmed. We shall see, but um, stick with us in the weeks ahead because we'll definitely be covering it. At Hot Hardware. So let's uh, let's move on, and um, I'm going to jump a little bit out of order. Um, yeah, I'm going to jump a little bit out of order. I'm going to fire Chris up on uh, something in the mobile scene uh, that we took a look at recently. Why not? Because um, I don't want to hear myself talk too much. Uh, we'll go to Chris. The LG G8 ThinQ, an affordable, capable flagship smartphone. And, you know... <sighs> I've always liked LG phones, um, mm-hmm. and they bring a lot of features for the dollar, I've, I've come to find out. Um, the software for them, for me, has always been a little bit of a sticking point, depending on the model. How did you find this guy, Chris? Snapdragon 855, so, all that good stuff, right? Yeah, so I can't say I've always liked LG phones, because the G5 was a bit of a sore spot. Oh, but yeah, that's that said, right. I forgot about that one. The, the G8 is a fantastic phone. And I'm loving it. And it seems to be very, very underrated. Um, It is on paper just about every good uh, as every bit as good as the Samsung Galaxy S10 performance wise. It's got the Snapdragon 855 in there. It's running six gigs of RAM. Some of the Galaxy variants get up a little higher, um, but still 128 gigs of storage. um, And it flies no performance problems at all it has a 3500 milliamp hour battery um so it is lasting a long time i'm coming from the regular pixel 3 and i am noticing a definite improvement in battery life over that which is a big plus point for me because i you know I, I still have a soft spot for the moto z's which were getting me 12 13 hours of screen time on a single charge before i even put a battery pack on them um, mm. And I'm not quite at that level with the G8, but I'm definitely comfortable up above eight hours of screen time. Um, so very positive there. And it just kind of works. Um, they did a really good job with the interface on this. It just gets out of your way, um, but it's still customizable. So you can do a lot of things like with the notch here. I have the notch currently hidden. So you you can see the notification icon, the clock, signal information up there, but it's otherwise blacked out, so it's not really distracting. Um, And because it's an AMOLED display, or sorry, OLED display, uh, it it does black out very well. 
Um, so you, you're not really going to notice it. If you're watching a video, you're going to have the pillar boxing on either side, but it's not going to be too terribly distracting. You can punch in if you want to, though I find I don't really like to do that myself. But if you want to, you can get that really nice cinematic um, two by one-ish ratio on there to look good. Um, some video, if it's wide enough at that point, will cut into the notch. So that's another thing to consider. But overall, I think they've done a really nice job on this. Um, and the impressive part on it is the camera, actually. Um, so just throwing the camera on auto, it does a great job. You know, the pictures look good. With the AI camera option, it's able to identify what's in the scene, whether you're looking at food or a flower or a person, and apply different um presets basically to the image so it'll adjust the contrast curve adjust the color saturation and things to be more appropriate to whatever you're shooting so you can very quickly take your shot get it posted not have to fumble through um any post-processing stuff before you get it on instagram whatever you want to do with it um in some cases i found it is a little it, it lowers the contrast a little too much and i'd like to see a little more contrasty image but of course, if you add contrast, then you're losing some dynamic range. So, you know, it's a trade-off you can you can certainly work with. And it's always easier to add contrast than to take it away. So that's not a problem. Um, and it comes in at a really great price. Mm-hmm. So if you get it on contract through through Best Buy, for example, uh, you can get it for 650 bucks, which is for a full flagship quality phone, a really good price right now. Yeah. Compared yeah. to Samsung, we're pushing a thousand. Yeah, you, you know, and actually, so is it is that on contract, or I think you can get it unlocked at Best Buy as well for six forty nine. Um, you can get it unlocked, but their activate later pricing it was at seven hundred. It's currently at the MSRP gotcha. of fifty for activate later. Um, gotcha. But uh, yeah. you know, we've we've seen the sale before. It'll probably be yeah. back. Um, yeah. But if if you're going. If you're activating right in the store or right as you get it, then you can pick it up yeah. for that really nice price. Um, and yeah. then like Verizon had it on their financing for what totaled to be 500 or 490 bucks over a two-year finance. So, yeah, not bad. Boy, I tell you, I tell you, for that price, no, really, it, it hits a lot of checkboxes. The other thing that impressed me was the the resolution on the display. Now, I don't, I'm not sure in a 6.1-inch display you need this kind of pixel density, but... 3120 by 1440 resolution. So 564 uh, pixels. 2340, I think. Oh, okay. 2340. Did I typo somewhere? Uh, Yeah, probably. Yep, I I think I typoed in the spec list. I think it's 2340 by 1440. Um, So it's it's still very good. 1440p. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty cool. And so 6 gig of RAM, 128 gigs of storage. For six fifty, if you if you get it on a contract, that's that's a whole lot of horsepower, thirty five hundred milliamp hour battery, and of course Android nine Pi Snapdragon eight fifty five. Yeah, that that's what that's what strikes me with LG is the value they bring for their for their flagship handsets, where oh yeah, many of the manufacturers are stepping in at a thousand bucks to start for a config like this, a hundred twenty eight gig of RAM. Um, you know, kind of, excuse me, 120 gigs of storage. Um, that's typically, you know, a thousand dollar skew. Not so here. And um, with that kind of display, how is with the pricing? 
how is the display from a um an image quality oh, standpoint? The, I mean LG does great all that is, stuff usually. It's fantastic. Um I would say it's you know it, next to the the Pixel it's on par if not a little better. Um it's a little more vibrant. Um I think the the Pixel's a little less saturated by default. Um no, but of course the color profile on either of these to get where you want. Uh, but it it looks great. I think I would, you know, take it even up against the Samsung. It seems. Am I am I freezing up a little bit? Yeah, you're getting a little jittery there, buddy. I don't know if you can close yeah. some some uh, some windows or whatever that might be consuming bandwidth. But um, yeah, yeah, no no sweat. Um, yeah, uh, go ahead. I think yeah. So I've actually started using it as my daily driver over my Pixel, which. I didn't expect uh, when I first got the phone for review, but it it works really well. And the interface is very pixel-like after a couple of settings. You know, you can get the same uh, gesture navigation as the Pixel. Um, and <laughs> the, the settings menu and everything is just very slightly tweaked. It's not like the Samsung that has, you know, a very heavy skin over it, especially with uh, Samsung's Pi version, I've noticed has has taken a pretty big departure again from stock Android. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the One UI's uh, from Samsung is, is slightly um trimmed down, but it's still in spots in my opinion gets in the way a little bit. Um but yeah, no, I'm 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 happy to hear that the software is not an issue for you, especially if you've been living on a Pixel where you get spoiled by that bone stock Android. Mm-hmm. Marco, you saw this. Uh, you saw this device firsthand as well. What did What did you think about the the G8 ThinQ? I did. I think really, really beautiful phone. Um, I, my wife actually totes around a G7 ThinQ, and that phone over its lifetime has proven to be really nice. And the G8 seemed like a, an upgrade across the board. Um, bunch of really cool features, you know, from the, the gesture control to the way the um, the speaker works through the glass. I forget the name of the tech, what they call it, but there's crystal just lots of OLED, I think. Yeah, the, the crystal OLED audio or something to that effect. But overall, I mean, it's really a, a flagship type phone at not a, fl- I mean, it's not cheap, but it's not that crazy right. flagship thousand dollar price like everybody else, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. LG, you know, they, they, I don't think they get enough respect. I think they're underrated and sort of sleeper, uh, sort of brand when it comes to smartphones. I, I they, there must be a region of the world where they do really well. But, uh, but yeah, here in the U.S., I think, I don't think they get enough love because I've been pleased. Actually, I'm trying to think, uh, there was an LG model that I stuck it out on for a while. I want to say it was the, um, V20. It wasn't it was G- the V40. Yeah, it was the V40 I ran for a while, and I did run the G6 for a while, LG G6. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, they make they make good stuff. So check them out. Check out Chris's review at Hot Hardware, the LG G8 ThinQ, right up there on the, the main page. You don't have to drop a grand to get um, premium decked out Android goodness, right? Good stuff. So um, all right, let's... Uh, Let's move out a little bit, and uh, I'm going to have you guys, um, you know, jump in on this with me as well. But um, one of our guys, Chris Ledenikin, took a look at the a new uh, gaming laptop from Lenovo, the Lenovo Legion Y740. <clears throat> we did a deep dive review on this puppy with benchmarks. 
This is a 15-inch machine. There's also a 17-inch variant. This is the 15-inch model you're looking at right there. And uh, it is the, the Lenovo Legion or the Legion brand from Lenovo is, is their, their gaming brand. So this is a gamer's targeted notebook. Um, what's interesting is it's created a fair bit of buzz since we posted it. There's a lot of folks following this this notebook uh, specifically. And I think it's because it sort of strikes a, a nice happy medium of portability as well as, you know, some solid gaming chops. So when you talk about a five pound machine, just a hair over five pounds um, and, you know, decently trimmed bezels around the display, you've got a little bit of meat underneath uh, the display to raise it up off the keyboard deck, but 15.6 inch 1080p display 144 hertz, so high refresh rate display with G-Sync on board, powered by a six-core, eighth-generation Core i7 Intel processor, uh, up to 4.1 gigahertz, and an NVIDIA GeForce RTX 2070 Max-Q, 16 gigs of RAM, all the good stuff. Um, Battery is a little on the svelte side for our liking, 57-watt-hour battery, um, but that helps keep that weight down. So it's six and one half dozen of the other. It depends. I mean, if you're going to be gaming, you're probably going to want to be plugged into the wall anyways. This smaller battery gives you a little bit less weight. Um, but we would have liked to see perhaps a little bit stouter battery in there to help battery life when not gaming. Um, but dropping in as configured for under two grand, which for a 2070 class GPU, a six core processor, Intel processor on board, 16 gigs of RAM. Uh, we also had a 512 gig NVMe PCI Express solid state drive. Um, and I'm trying to think, I think there was, there was actually a one terabyte 7,200 RPM hard drive on board as well for bulk storage and all of that configured under two grand. So really good value um, for the, the spec list for sure especially when you're talking about a, a high refresh rate panel like that with, with G-Sync. You're talking about perfectly buttery smooth gaming where with G-Sync, obviously, adaptive refresh rate as well. So it will it's not only a fast panel, but it will um, match its output to the GPU. They'll be in sync. That's what G-Sync does. Prevents tearing and jitter. <clears throat> and so it's actually... Quite a quite a configuration for for under two grand these days. You, you get a config like that, and you're usually talking north of two grand easy, twenty five hundred. Um, so we liked it for the price. The performance was solid. Uh, twenty seventy Max Q usually, um, you know, keeping pace uh, with. Oh, I think I think it's like ten ten eighty class performance, beating a ten seventy for sure. Um, but but lots of goodness on board and, um, you know, able to push playable frame rates at any title <clears throat> at 1080p, high image quality settings all decked out. Um, so, yeah, good stuff from the folks at Lenovo. Wish we had a little bit better battery life. Tends to be, because it's a five-pound machine, tends to thermally saturate a little bit. Um, that's kind of par for the course with these Max-Q design notebooks, these thin and light notebooks that are coming out. Um, but it's, you know, in the package, packs a lot of firepower. Marco, what were your thoughts on this guy? I know you helped me pour through the the pre-edit before we published. <clears throat> yeah, so I think this is actually a really cool machine for a couple of reasons. Of course, all the performance you talked about, that nice G-Sync screen. But when you look at this particular notebook, right, if you, if you look at most gaming notebooks, there's no mistaking that they're targeting gamers. You know, they're really gaudy and garish with crazy designs and 
lighting all over the place. Yes, this has lighting. Yes, this has a more aggressive design than, you know, some like a ThinkPad that would come from Lenovo. But if you want a really powerful notebook for content creation, that's also great at gaming. This machine could almost get away with being on, on a meeting room table without drawing too many eyeballs. So it, it's sleek. It's a good looking notebook. It's got really good horse. Like it's a really well-balanced machine. It's not class leading in any one category in terms of performance, but all of that hardware together is really well-balanced and works well in this notebook. So I, I think it's really nice. There's, there's, very little I would complain about with that notebook. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No, it's um, the nice thing with, with Lenovo and, and we've, we've seen this over the years with certainly their ThinkPad generation, but a lot of their notebooks, they have great keyboards and this is, this is no exception. Chris noted a little bit of, um, of a, um, a mechanical or ergonomic issue that it, for him um, <clears throat> he felt um, could have been optimized a little bit, but the um, the function row on the left hand side sort of offset the keyboard from the trackpad. It wasn't perfectly centered. I think you'd adapt to that pretty quickly, um, but it might, you know might be a learning curve kind of thing. But one of the things that I've always liked about Lenovo keyboards, and it's why I actually use their ThinkPad <clears throat> as a daily driver, is that they have these shaped keycaps, and so they they really do a nice job of uh, executing on tactility, key shape, key travel. So that, you know, you actually do, um, you know, you have a comfortable typing experience. It's not the chiclet setup that we're used to. Certainly gaming gaming notebooks have better keyboards by and large anyways. But um, this this is a nice, compact, dense keyboard. Does not have the num numpad, if that's a thing for you. There's a drawback. It does have that function row on the left. You can see it right there. Backlit. And individually RGB backlit, so you've got um, all kinds of configurability via. Interestingly enough, Corsair's I think it's IQ. I got to pull up what they call it. Their their software for um, lighting software for configuring lighting. Um, so um, yeah, it's got all kinds of features in there. Killer wireless eight hundred two eleven AC uh, NIC. So um, you know, traffic shaping on the NIC for for gaming. If you'd like to do that um, to optimize your gaming experience with Killer Networks technology, Chris, is this your kind of notebook, or are you more of a full figured guy? <laughs> well, if I was going for a gaming notebook, this would probably be a strong contender. Um, but again, <laughs> I'm ultrabook guy, so I'm not really looking for gaming performance in my notebook. I'll stick to the desktop for that. Um, but for what this offers and for the price, it seems like a really good value. Yeah. The other thing that was nice about it too, is it's um, anti-glare screen. So um, I did a little bit of movie watching on it. Uh, you can see some on page two. We actually um, did a little preview on um, uh, some, some high def movies that we were pulling off YouTube just to sort of see what the, the, the video viewing experience was like. And it's, it's nice. Cause it's, um, you know, anti-glare coating on the screen. So you get good viewing angles and, you know, less glare. And so those viewing angles are maintained even better. So, you know, with that 144 Hertz refresh rate, it's a 300 nits panel. It's not crazy bright, but it's, it's decent. There you go. There's, there's Bumblebee. Um, It's, uh, it's actually, uh, you know, a pretty, pretty solid display from an image fidelity standpoint as well. So, can't really say too much about that laptop from a from a you know a drawback standpoint, with the exception of 
A little bit larger battery would be good. Typically in this class of machine, a 15-inch machine, you would see something in the order of a 75-watt-hour battery, maybe 72 to 75. And I think that would probably get you another hour maybe, perhaps, over the 57-watt-hour battery, maybe a little bit less for, not for gaming, for like video watching or or Netflix streaming or what have you. Um, So when when you plug this thing into... The wall, obviously, you're going to get best gaming performance. Anyways, you're not you're not going to really game on battery. Nobody, I, I guess, guys do that. Folks do that, but not a lot, right? You want full performance of your GPU, so you're going to want to plug it in. Um, but it's the movie watching, and we do a video loop test um, that kind of bit it, right? It was at the bottom of the pack. We only lasted about uh, well, it was a little under two hours doing a video loop test, HD video loop test that we do. So, mm, you know, a little bit more battery life there would be good. Um, can't quite get through a full-length movie on the existing battery. Probably if you dim down the display and you're sitting in a nice, you know, cozy dark room, perhaps. But, uh, yeah, that was the drawback. Um, but if you're a gamer and you don't care and you're plugging into the wall, then, then you're good to go. Desktop replacement machine, to be sure. And the uh, the Lenovo Legion, they're they're making a name. And it's interesting, um, you know, Lenovo has not been known for their gaming products, but um, but of late, the Legion has been uh, growing. The the Lenovo Legion, right, Marco? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, not just the notebooks too. They have some decently priced, uh, good looking desktops as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that is that is the Lenovo Legion Y seven forty. Check it out. Lots of configurations. I think it starts at around thirteen hundred bucks or something like that. Um, so lots of lower price configurations. If you'd rather uh, keep a few bucks in your wallet and uh, maybe trim down on the uh, on the GPU, you can get a twenty sixty variant. You can get a little less. Uh, storage option, a little less RAM, that kind of thing to get the price down. You can't, interestingly enough, you don't have an option to supplant uh, with a lower, like a quad-core CPU. Uh, it's that six-core variant. That's all you get. So that I think that keeps the price up a little bit. But anyways, that is the Lenovo Legion Y740 gaming laptop. Check it out. We've got the review up in uh, all its glory. Uh, let's move on. Let's move back to... Um, well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about coolers. <clears throat> There's um, another review up we did for the folks at Corsair, and this this product's been out for a while. But um, I took a look at it, and uh, Chris Ledenikin did the review on it as well. <clears throat> let's move to coolers, and then we'll finish up on the Pixel, uh, the Corsair H100i RGB Platinum Liquid Cooler review. That's a mouthful. Powerful and customizable. Yeah. So so this is a, a nice. Uh, cooler, uh, all-in-one liquid cooler from the folks at Corsair. They make great stuff, by the way. We've been working with Corsair for a long time. Their stuff is usually rock solid. Five-year warranty on this. <clears throat> it is a it is a big cooler, 240-millimeter uh, radiator size. Um, airflow is 75 CFM, and it is quiet as a mouse. Uh, noise level is 37 dB. It actually does a really nice job of cooling things in a real, um, you know, comfortable, quiet profile. Um, so if, if you're that kind of, um, you know, PC builder, you're looking to put together a rig that gets the job done from a cooling standpoint, performance wise, but you want to make sure you keep the acoustics in check, uh, and, and you don't have to put on the headphones to game this, 
um, this could be the uh, a, a good good option for you for sure. Um, supports lots of different um, sockets. Certainly LGA eleven fifty thirteen twenty twenty eleven. 2066, all of them, and then all the AMD sockets as well, including Threadripper, the TR4 socket, um, and uh, RGB lighting. How can you go wrong, right? So, again, you've got that IQ software. Uh, the fans that come through uh, with the with the cooler are RGB capable and lit, and the 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 block itself, the cooling block itself, is also uh, has a little uh, RGB ring of of lighting bling around it as well around the Corsair logo. And yeah, so it's, it's a cool, uh, cool setup for sure, literally and figuratively. And, um, uh, you know, Corsair folks do a good job. They, uh, they did not uh, miss it on this one. It's really an update, I think to the 100 I from last year and they just RGB the thing, baby. Marco, what do you know about this bad boy? Uh, I mean, it's hard to follow up the, the uh, excellent summary that Big Dave just did. But <laughs> no, but God yeah, help you. this is, you know, it's not uh, Corsair's top of the line liquid cooler. They have triple fan, larger models. But for a 240 millimeter, really full featured with basically everything from, you know, software control to RGB lighting to good looks to mounting for every, basically every modern um, socket. Really, really nice cooler. I think the only negative that Chris pointed out, and I think this it's only on this one particular socket, is it uses the stock mounts on uh, socket AM4 boards. So if you have a, a motherboard that's not, you know, that's a that's particularly thin or flimsy, it might flex a little bit if you really crank this mm-hmm. thing down. But that's really any cooler will do that. That's got a, got screws for mounting or anything where you can over tighten. So it's a, it's a minor niggle. It worked fine. He didn't have any particular issues with temps or anything. But yeah, this is this is a really nice cooler. You know, if you're looking for an all in one, want to do some overclocking, want to have some headroom, also want it to look good. You know, absolutely should be on the short list. Boy, we're we're being we're being generous today, and we should probably tell folks that <laughs> this may be a little bit by design on occasion because we call ourselves hot hardware because we we typically try and go after the Halo products, the products that that um, you know are standout that have some great features and functionality. Uh, it's not mediocre hardware; it's hot hardware. So, so um, yeah, we're we're being generous today. But these are these are some good products, and uh, yeah, the folks at Corsair put together. Chris, I know you took a a look not long ago at a family yeah. of Corsair coolers, uh, and this is maybe what may was in that mix, right? Uh, the the pre RGB uh, version. Oh, I think it, I think I had the one ten i, the one fifteen i, and the one fifty i. But the one ten i was very similar. It was a two forty two uh, fan setup, just like this. And I wanted to say too, with that AM four mount that they have on the on the block here, it's actually a lot easier to install than AMD's own coolers, in my experience, um, because you can loop them in and screw them on very very easily. And I find when I'm doing the stock coolers on the AMDs, I tend to be fighting with it a bit to get it positioned just right, which is probably leaving it more prone to damage than, than something like this, even if you over, over crank it a little bit, um, which try not to do. I mean, you get it to a little bit of resistance and just leave it there. It doesn't need to be locked down by any means, but um, yeah, I've been pretty impressed with the Corsair liquid coolers I've used. Um, their tubing is nice and flexible, so you can really orient it how you want, and you're not fighting to 
you know, not kink it or something like that to get it in there. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I think yeah. they're definitely solid products. Yeah. And, and FYI, I just checked it out, uh, on Amazon, um, tons of great reviews. It's got four and a half stars, uh, four and a half stars, almost 500 customer reviews. And it's currently on sale for, for 10 bucks off. So we have it listed in the article at, uh, Hundred and twenty nine ninety nine, but it's actually actually twenty bucks less than what we had it listed at. It came down. It's now available at one hundred and nine ninety nine. So uh, check that out. I dropped a link in the chat, and we can drop it in the description once we uh, post up the show notes. Uh, the Corsair H one hundred I RGB Platinum. Actually, I'm sorry, I just linked to the Pro. I'll have to pull the Platinum up. Uh, I don't know what's the difference there, but what's the difference between a Platinum and a Pro? Do you know, Chris? Um, I don't offhand. There's the uh, platinum. Well, well, the pro I don't think has the RGB fans, right? Yeah, I don't the, know. The, the pros well, I looked at didn't have RGB fans, but they had the, well, the maglev fans that were very really? nice and quiet. Well, this one says pro RGB, so I imagine it's RGB. Weird. The, I don't know. Uh, the block, the block is RGB on the pro. Uh, Ah, okay. I, I don't know if it's the same for the H100i or not. I haven't looked at it. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're probably right. Yeah, no, and um, those fans are, are super, super quiet as well. It's good stuff. The RGB magnetic uh, levitation yeah. fans, maglev. Cool stuff. Yeah, actually, it's looking like it's selling for 159 if you wanted that one. But the, the, the uh, RGB Pro is probably pr- pretty similar with a little less bling. Um, on the fans. Yeah, the performance There's, should yeah. be right on par. Yeah, I just like the platinum. Cool. All right. So there you have it uh, from the folks at Corsair. Let's move on and close out uh, with some mobile goodness. The uh, Pixel 3 and Pixel 3X, or excuse me, Pixel 3A and Pixel 3XL have been announced from the good folks at Google. There they are with all kinds of bells and rings on their fingers um that's kind of weird like i don't know what all these people with the rings multiple rings on their fingers that's a fashion statement i guess but uh google saw fit to to use those hands to showcase their phones and there they are the pixel 3a and the pixel 3a xl priced from 399 so these are more mid-range devices snapdragon 670 powered four gigs of ram 64 gigs of storage uh that's the um the general setup, the standard setup, uh, Pixel 3 uh, 3A XL uh, takes you to a little bit larger <clears throat> six-inch full HD display, 2160 by 1080, with a 3700 milliamp hour battery, and the uh, the 3A is the smaller jammy at uh, 3000 milliamp hour battery, and it's a 5.6 inch full HD display. I am now rocking the uh, the 3A XL right here. There it is. See if I can get it into the frame a little better. And, you know, I really like what what Google has done with their uh, design signature here. Um, They do a nice job of putting together materials and worksmanship now that feels distinctively like a a Pixel phone. And, you know, from the color keys on the, you know, simple stuff on on the screen lock power button to this really nice matte finish on the back and a little gloss up top. Um, try and get that in a little closer. Sorry about that. It's, it's really, um, it's just a well-designed phone feels great in the hand. Um, you've got bezel, <clears throat> you've got bezel. If you can deal with it, I think you can. Um, but the display is nice. Too. 
Yeah, it's you know, it's we've been dealing with it, you know, all all our life until recently, until trimming down the bezel became a thing. I'm going to unlock it there. There you go. Um, blowing out the screen. That's OLED for you. Um, <clears throat> you know, I am looking forward to uh, to getting into it and to seeing what the performance is like with the Snapdragon 670. Um, I don't think. Uh, I'm going to notice it in my daily driver sort of workloads, but I'm going to live on it a little bit. Chris, you're you're uh, rocking a Pixel 3a yourself right now, right? Or you have possession no, of one. The, the regular Pixel 3, not the A. So I, I've got oh, the, that's the regular Pixel 3. Okay, so that's not like an Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you but, go. You know, I, I, like you said, I don't think most people are going to notice the difference between a 670 and a 845 or even an 855. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're just browsing websites, loading up YouTube, even doing some productivity type stuff on the phone, email documents, et cetera, they're going to handle it pretty similarly. It's really only if you're doing 3D intensive gaming on your phone. That you're yeah. going to notice the difference. Yeah, the, the 855 and the 845 are going to be a little bit snappier, but I right. I really don't think you're going to notice unless you're holding them side by side. the 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 600 series from Qualcomm has been fantastic. I ne- I never really had a complaint with my Moto Z Play, Z2 Play, Z3 Play that were all uh, six six twenty six twenty six and six thirty. I think were the 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 snapdragons in those um you know so uh they're all going to be more battery efficient so especially with the xl and that 3700 milliamp hour battery um it should be kicking for a nice long time yeah that's that that was the uh the allure for me and i might actually um i might actually port over to this to try it out as a daily driver and see how it handles because of two reasons, actually, the, the 3,700 milliamp hour, hour battery with that Snapdragon 670 will be a killer combination from a standpoint of, I have to keep unlocking this, that's annoying. Um, it'll be a killer combination from a standpoint of battery life. It really should be excellent, and I want to see how that rolls. Um, the other thing that's great about about these, if you're on the Google Fi service, which tends to be a pretty price aggressive service, um, on a Pixel phone, you get carrier switching. And what I have right now is uh, I'm actually running the uh, OnePlus 6T. And unfortunately, in that mode on Google Fi, I'm strapped to, it's compatible with Google Fi, but I'm strapped to T-Mobile. Whereas in a Pixel phone, it will carry your switch to the optimal signal in your area at the time, whether it be switching you know, T-Mobile, AT&T, Verizon, it'll, it'll just switch. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty cool. And I want to try that out and see how it performs. I've, I haven't tried Fi on a pixel and, um, I've always lived on a, a third party handset. That's just compatible. This, this will be interesting to check out for and sure. There's, there's one other feature I'm missing from my pixel on the G8 and that's the call screening changed ah. my life. Just yeah. be able to screen the call and not have to answer 18 spam calls a day. It was glorious. So I, I wish that would come to other phones. It is a really nice perk of having a Pixel. Also, I did misspeak about the G8. Uh, thank you, screen resolution earlier. It is 3120 by 1440, but it runs yeah. in 2340 by 1080 by default. So it does down-res a bit. Um, but even then, I, you know, I'm running in the 2340 by 1080 right now, and you don't notice that it's off. Like, 
It still looks good. Yeah. And it, yeah. you know, conserves your system resources a little bit. So you do get better performance out of it because it's not rendering as much. So mm. uh, I wonder, yeah, I wonder, it is 3120. Gotcha. Yeah. Now going, going back to Google, I wonder how Google is doing with, um, with handsets these days. There was a time when I remember looking at the numbers, market share numbers, and, and, uh, there was a time when they were like, people were surprised at how, how they weren't selling. I think now that's changed quite a bit, and uh, Google's doing pretty well. Uh, well I think handsets. I have to look at the I numbers. I think the sales are still down from what they want it to be. Um, I saw an article pop up on mine the other day that said the, the Pixel sales were disappointing. And I think a lot mm. of the problem is for, for the general audience, when it's priced against a Samsung, they already know the Samsung. So, you know, even if they're spending a hundred bucks or so more, really they're probably buying it on finance where it's a difference of, you know, pennies a month uh, between the mm-hmm. two. And they're just going to go with the Samsung because that's what everyone else has. Where I think the they have a real advantage with these A variants because they are so much cheaper, um, but they still have yeah. Google's name behind it. I think I think these are going to sell really well. I would agree. Three ninety nine for the three uh, A, the the smaller five point six inch. The three A XL is four seventy nine, and when you compare that even to the Pixel three and the Pixel three XL at seven ninety nine and eight ninety nine, that's a huge discount for, as you noted, performance levels that most folks just aren't going to notice. You just you're just not. Mm-hmm. Um, Snapdragon six seventy is. One of the most recent iterations of Qualcomm's Snapdragon 600 series, so it's it's pretty well goosed up, um, you know, and and will will handle pretty much any mainstream workload, unless, as you noted, uh, you're you're a big gamer, you know, you're probably going to want to think about Snapdragon 855. Marco, um, what do you know about these guys? Have you experienced a Pixel yourself? I've, I know you I have Pixel three, I, right? Yeah, so I have the Pixel Three and Pixel Three XL because I, I reviewed them and, and tested them. Yeah. Um, these new ones, I don't know enough to have an opinion. I know it was just announced yesterday, correct? At at IO at Google IO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in, I mean, in terms of the design, they they look very similar to the Pixel Threes that I have on hand. And in terms of performance and camera and all the you know the software, killer phones because it's just clean, pure, beautiful Android, and you have the nice you know cute colored power buttons and. You know, Google does some fun stuff. Um, I wasn't a complete fan of the UI uh, in the in the stock Android. I, I guess I've just been using Samsung too long to to fully adjust to it. But yeah, they're really? going to kill it with these phones. They're, they're definitely going to kill it with these phones because of the price point. The, so the you actually... navigation that they have now does take some getting used to. I think a lot of people are going to prefer the classic three button setup at the bottom, like yeah. Samsung still uses. Um, though Samsung's gesture navigation option that they have now, I, I don't like it all. You have to like swipe on every button. I don't like it, but, uh, but yeah, I get what you're saying with that, but I think that the overall experience is much more pared down and streamlined and I find it easier to find things and settings and stuff, but maybe it is familiarity. You know, know, it's not even, it's, it's like that initial, freshly set up out of the box because you know once you i think most people I, I think you guys would agree once your phone is set up to your liking and your most commonly used apps are right on your home screen you're rarely digging into any menus 
And then everything's yeah. good. You know, then you really appreciate that clean, pure, fast, unadulterated Android. It was just that initial setup and having to explore it and how different it was exploring it that was a little off-putting. Do you miss I Windows Phone? <laughs> I, I missed Windows Phone. Did you see the story we put up yesterday about the dude that ported full Windows 10 to the Lumia? You know I'm going to yeah. try that, right? <laughs> <laughs> do it, do it, do it. Yeah, no, um, I, I got to get, get used to that too, I think. I haven't actually experienced um, the, the latest iteration of uh, uh, the Android interface on, on the Pixels. With the, that's, what, that's what bothers me a little bit about Google sometimes is they are big on flattening everything out. Like you want a clean interface, clean, 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 to the point where it's not intuitive anymore or it's not intuitive enough. Um, so I'm hoping that's not the case. Uh, I, I got to, you know, like I said, live with this a little bit. But yeah, Google's famous for that. It's like, you know, oh, everything's super flat, super clean, super, you know, there's like no configuration buttons, no option, no, nothing. It's just bang. Here's here's your interface. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool. Know, maybe I'm, I'm an cool old guy. Really, I'm cool with the light graphical options. It was like everything was a swipe. Instead of there just yeah. being a button, you know, it's not, well, you know, 90% of it, you, stuff you had to find, you had to swipe to. And I, it's not a huge deal. Obviously, you definitely would get used to it. But when you're used to just having a button to do stuff, it's just, you know, you got you have to adjust. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited, though. I, I think the battery life in this thing is going to be killer. Uh, I'm going to fire it up and uh, try and try and live on it for a while and um, kick the tires, but good. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. The the Google Pixel 3a and uh, 3a XL. Stay tuned to Hot Hardware for uh, our full review on that in the weeks ahead. Who knows? Maybe I'll even get up a YouTube video on it. Video review if I'm feeling spry. <laughs> Today I'm not. Anyways, uh, we're we're just about done with the uh, with the at the the top of the hour here, uh, gentlemen. Any parting words, Marco? We, we turned. We turned 20 years old, uh, not well, not us, but hot hardware this year. Are we going to do something about about that? We should celebrate, right? We really should. You know, it's our 20th anniversary this year. It's EVGA's 20th anniversary this year. It's AMD's 50th anniversary this year. So we should do some sort of anniversary giveaway, perhaps EVGA and uh, AMD. Well, no, those two companies don't actually get along very well. But perhaps one of the other companies <laughs> celebrating an anniversary would be into that. So we, we have to we have to get the ball rolling. Just so busy lately. I, I hate saying that, and I, I know it's annoying when people say how busy they are. But you know, it's we just have been cranking, cranking, cranking. So to put together a giveaway has been um, hasn't been easy. But we should definitely do something. Chris, have any ideas? Chris. Um, I think a nice custom build always uh, goes well. Sure, sure. Yeah, maybe we can do a little bit of both, right? Can do some some e- any EVGA build with some Intel and Nvidia, and we'll we'll have an AMD build with some Ryzen, and you know who knows what else? All kinds of good stuff. Yeah, maybe we can uh, let's put together three rigs, Marco, and just give them away like Santa Claus. You know, I would do you it, and then what, you guys, you guys can you know, all come down. I'll cook, and we'll build them together on a live stream. You know, <laughs> if we got an Intel GPU in there, that'd really draw some head. Oh, in twenty twenty, get it? Twentieth anniversary, twenty twenty's coming. Hey, work something out. <laughs> that might be a bit of a stretch, 
But uh, at any rate, with that, we will bid you adieu. Stop by hothardware.com where you can find us on the web, twitter.com slash hothardware. Tweet us. We'd love to hear from you. YouTube.com slash hothardware vids or hothardware. Thumb up, subscribe. We try and get here every Wednesday at 7. So we're cheating today. We're a little bit early, but hey, you know, we got... We got people to see and things to do and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. But thumbs up, subscribe, join us. We'd love you to join us if you can. And uh, that would be about it. Right, guys? I think so. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by, everybody.